You guys ready to have a little bit of fun? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, we are in the middle of a series called Love All, Serve All. Um, And we believe that if you looked at the life of Jesus, you see that theme all through his ministry and everything that he did. It was constantly loving people, constantly serving people. And Jesus had this thing where he would love you, he would meet a need, and then he would impact your life every time. And so for this season, God's kind of bringing us as a church into focus on ways that we can love people, that we can serve people and meet needs, and then see him impact their lives and love all and serve all. And today we're going to talk about uh, a great story from the Bible that I believe captures the heart of that. Y'all know that Jesus did a whole lot of miracles? Like He did a whole lot of miracles. I got an amen section up here. I, I love that. He did a whole lot of miracles in the Bible. Um, but you know that, I, I don't know, if you, had to, if you had to pick like a favorite miracle that Jesus did, what would be your favorite miracle? You ever think about it? Like what would be his, your favorite one of all time? So I'm going to count to three, and this is what I want. Everybody shout out your favorite miracle. Can we do that? Yeah. So on a count of three, I want you to count out your fa- or shout out your favorite miracle that Jesus did. On the count of three. One, two, three. Man, I heard a whole bunch of stuff. I heard Lazarus from the dead. I heard make, somebody, I, heard, I thought I heard somebody say making wine at a party. Maybe we need to talk about that at service. Um, Make sure. <laughs> now you're in the right place. I guarantee you. Uh, he did so many different things, but did you know that? And all the miracles that Jesus did, only two of them are found in all four of the gospel accounts. Y'all know what I mean when I say gospel accounts? Like the first four books of the Bible Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the gospels because they tell the gospel story of Jesus. And so, anyway, there's only two miracles that made it. Two miracles that made it in each one of those four gospel accounts. And the first one is the resurrection. It's in every one of them. Every one of them. The second one, though, is crazy because if I'm thinking that the resurrection is one of the two, then the second one's got to be crazy good, right? Like, it's got to be amazing. Y'all are, y'all are acting like this ain't Family Sunday and we're supposed to be having fun. See, it, it should be crazy good, right? It should be crazy good. It should be something amazing. It should be something powerful. It should be like earth-moving important if, if it's got to compete with raising Jesus from the dead. And it's found in the story of a little boy who decided to share his food with Jesus, so that he could feed thousands of people. That is the only other one. Those two, the resurrection and the story of the boy that gave his food so Jesus could feed the multitude. Those are the only two miracles that are found in every one of the four Gospels. Consists like each one has a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but they're found in every single one. So I think that's awesome. So today... I wanted to tell that story and walk through it and see what we could learn from it as a church today. Does that sound fun? But I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some help acting some of this stuff out today. So I'm going to need somebody to pretend to be Jesus, and I'm going to need some people to pretend to be disciples. I don't know where I'm going to find some volunteers. I don't see any hands going crazy at all. I need, I need six people. I need six people to be disciples. I need six people to be disciples. So I got one, two, three, hang on, four, five, six. All right, now I need one person to be Jesus. 
Come on, Brody. You're the man. You're going to be Jesus. So I need all my disciples in Jesus over here. It's going to be fun today. This is going to be fun today. Got the disciples in Jesus. So they're hanging out doing stuff that disciples in Jesus would be doing. And so they just went through this time where Jesus sent the disciples out to do all kinds of miracles and to do all kinds of cool things, to pray for people, to see people healed, and to tell people about the kingdom of God. So Jesus, send the disciples out. Disciples, go to the back wall because you're going out. And you're telling people about the Lord and you're praying for people. And now come on back because now you got to come back. Jesus is saying, come on back. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. So you come all the way back. And now you guys come over here and you're going to tell Jesus about everything that you did. And it was awesome. People were getting healed. And you were seeing crazy stuff. Demons were getting cast out of people. It was nuts. And so finally, finally Jesus says, stop. And they realized that they had been ministering and preaching and teaching so much. And you know what happened to them? They got tired. They got tired. Y'all know what it's like to be tired? Like you feel like, I've done so much. Y'all are ham bones. Let's hamming it up right now. Yeah, yeah. Mom and dads, anybody out here, you ever worked so much that you just felt like you were tired? You know what I mean? I know it's Sunday and we've had a couple of days to, to rest. But I mean, some of y'all might be tired here. So they realized it's hot. We've been preaching and ministering and all that stuff. It's time for us to take a little break. So Jesus says in Mark chapter 6, he speaks up and he says, Hey, uh, because we've got so many people coming and going, and they, they didn't even have a chance to eat. They've been doing so much, they didn't even have a chance to eat. He said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went with him to a solitary. They, they, went, they went away uh, by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. Jesus said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. That sounds like a magical place to go. Just you and Jesus in a solitary place, and the key word is to get some rest. How many of you know God wants you to get some rest in your life? It can't just be go, go, go all the time. Jesus wants us to have a season of rest. You know, this, this past uh, Monday we had an Elevate meeting here, which is where it's like a leadership gathering for the church, and all the leaders came together. And we just put the agenda to the side and the business to the side, and we just focused on God, and we prayed, and we let God minister to us and pour into us, and we just found a solitary place where we could get along with God and rest and let him pour into us. And it was a powerful night powerful night. So if you're going through a season where it's just crazy and you feel exhausted, I want to encourage you, find a solitary place, get along with Jesus, and let him restore you and give you some rest. Amen? Amen. So, so Jesus says, we got to get out of here, and we got to find a place to rest. So what they did is they all hopped in the boat. So you guys got to hop in these boats. Got three and three in a boat. Let's see. We got that. There's no room for Jesus, but that's cool because Jesus can walk on water, right? That's what I'm talking about. So they're going to the other side. Jesus, you just strut your stuff. Jesus, strut your stuff and walk on over to the other side. Come on. Get on with That's what I'm talking about. That, and that's exactly how he did it. That's exactly how he did it. So they go to the other side of this lake. Everybody come on out of the boat. You're on the other side of this lake. And when they get there, you know what's crazy? When they get there, it's nuts. They, they go all the way to the other side, 
And all the people that they were ministering to over here, they saw where they were going, and they went, boom, and they ran, and they got there to the other side before Jesus and the disciples got there. So when they landed in the boat, all these people were sitting there waiting on them. You guys are going to be the crowd of people this morning waiting on the disciples. So crowd of people say, hi, Jesus. So they got there, and everybody says, hey, Jesus, we're here. And if it were me, I would have been a little aggravated because I'm trying to get some vacation. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get away, and now the work's calling me, trying to call me in on my day off. You know, that's not cool. Um, I got vacation scheduled and all this stuff. How many of you have had scheduled time off, and then something happens to kind of rob you of that time of rest? You know what that's like? Yeah, that's just life, right? So this happens and this is what Jesus does in Mark chapter 6, verse 34. When they landed and they saw a large crowd, Jesus had compassion on them. I don't know that I would. Maybe that's why he's Jesus, because he's cool like that. And he was able to roll with it. But it says, because in his eyes, they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus, if you will, just act like you're teaching the crowd. He's, uh, he's... Okay, Jesus is interpretive dancing teaching this morning. I see how that goes. So, so Jesus starts to teach, and Jesus starts to minister to this crowd, and the day starts to drag on because Jesus has got a whole lot of knowledge he wanted to drop on them. And they realized that it was starting to get a little bit late. And they realized they went to the middle of nowhere to get away, but these people followed them to the middle of nowhere. Is that crazy? That's crazy. Followed them to the middle of nowhere. Well, there's no place to get food. There was no place. They had to go a long way to get back to town to get food. And so the disciples started realizing that there was a whole lot of people out there that were going to need to be fed. And they didn't have any food to do it. So they thought they would let Jesus know about what was fixing to happen, even though Jesus probably knew what was fixing to happen anyway. You ever felt the need sometimes to let Jesus know what was going on? with stuff just in case he didn't really understand like the full scope of the problem. You just felt like you needed to explain it to him a little bit better. So this is what they do. They go to him and they, they begin to explain this to him. And this is Jesus' answer to them. In, in Mark chapter 6, verse 37, Jesus says this, You give them something to eat. And they say, What? All the disciples, you say, What? 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 Yeah, what? That would take more than a half year's wages. And how are we, going to, are we really going to spend all that money on bread to give them to eat? They were freaking out. And here's why they were freaking out. Because you know how many people were there in that crowd? Now, the Bible says that there were 5,000 men there. Five thousand Exactly. How about the women? That's what I'm talking about. What about the women, right? What about the women? What about the kids? And for, for some... All right, disciples, chill down. Jesus, you want to get your crew in check. All right, so... For some reason, back then, when they counted big crowds of people, they only counted the men. And I don't know why they did that. That's just the way that they did it. They just counted the men. And uh, so when you think about it, a lot of people say there's got to be way more than 5,000 people there. Some people think there had to be way more than 10,000 people there. In fact, like these biblical scholars, like these really smart people, most of them would agree that probably a safe number to say was just got to be somewhere like between 15 and 20,000 people there probably. Fifteen and 20,000 people are there listening to Jesus teach probably. And then he turns around to the disciples. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They don't have any food to give them. And Jesus says, you go ahead and feed them. What? Everybody in the crowd, y'all say, we hungry. We hungry. 
So they, they hungry. We got a problem. There's like 15 or 20,000 of these people. So we're going to pretend we got 15 or 20,000 people out there. And it's the disciples' job now to try to feed them. So Jesus says, you guys go out and y'all uh, see if there's any food out there that we can find. We'll just take a collection of food and try to feed these people. So they go out on their own. And they're not really finding anything, but one of the disciples named Andrew found one boy who was willing to give Jesus some food. I need a boy or a grown-up boy who got one right there. Come on up. My man. So the disciples come back with their friend that they found, and they said, listen, all we've been able to find out here is this boy who's going to give us to feed Fifteen to 20,000 people, he's got five loaves of bread and two fish. Everybody say five, two. Five, five two. He's got five loaves of bread and two fish, and that's supposed to feed fifteen to 20,000 people. And Jesus says, no problem, I got this. So he gives the food to Jesus, and Jesus prays over the food and blesses it. And then you know what happens? Y'all know what happens. It begins to multiply. It begins to multiply. And what five loaves of bread and two fish turns into 15, 20, 25, 30. It grows, it grows, it grows. And the next thing you know, they've got basketfuls of food. Y'all grab a basket. Everybody grab a basket. Don't dump the baskets over. We got, we, everybody's got a basket that needs a basket except Jesus. That's good because Jesus, Jesus. Jesus told these people, now that we've got food to give them, I want everyone to go out and make sure everybody's got something to eat. So our disciples and the boy are going to serve you this morning and make sure that you've got a snack bag full of food. And you know what's in it? we got some crackers and we got some goldfish. So crackers and goldfish are going to be our bread and fish this morning. We're going to take a second make sure everybody gets the chance to get served, Jesus. High five, bro. You did a good job raising some disciples. If you don't have some fish and chips yet, raise your hand. If you don't have fish and chips yet, raise your hand. Make sure everybody's got some fish and chips. Fish and chips, yeah. Make sure we give the, the media team back there some fish and chips. They work hard. They need a snack. They need a snack. They need a snack. All right, so everybody have fish and chips now? If you don't have some fish and chips, see, y'all are just diving right in. We didn't even bless the food. I guess Jesus blessed the food. Are <coughs> diving right in. All right, we're good? We're good? Can we just eat the rest? They're asking. Y'all can take, y'all can take, no, no, I didn't say you could. I said you said you could. Okay, take one bag and put the baskets over here on the side of the stage. Because after they served everybody, the Bible says that they had what? They had leftovers. Because when Jesus does something, he just doesn't do enough. He does more than enough. Amen? All right. Hey, let's give Jesus and the disciples and the little boy a hand. Thank you guys so much for helping us out this morning. So the crowd of people, they got, they got fed, and this great miracle took place, all because a kid was willing to let Jesus have some bread and some fish. I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes this morning about what we can learn from that because this, this story is packed full of nuggets 
that we can apply to our lives. You guys want to dive into this for a few minutes? Yeah, you got to convince me. It's Family Sunday. You guys want to dive into this for just a couple of minutes this morning? Y'all going to help me preach this this morning? All right. Listen, here's something that we can learn. The first thing is this, is that Jesus can use you no matter how old you are. Jesus can use you no matter how old you are. I've got notepads and all kinds of stuff up here. Jesus can use you no matter how old you are. This little... Oh, thanks for getting that. I appreciate it. You're awesome. So... This little boy, we don't know how old he was, but we know he was young enough to be called a boy. So there's, he was young. Gave the bread and the fish to Jesus. And Jesus was able to do something powerful with it. I want to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter how young you are. Jesus can still use you to minister to other people. Some of the most powerful times I've seen in ministry or when a little child begins to pray for somebody, or there's just something special about the innocent prayer of a child, I think can touch the heart of God in a way. Um, I've, I've seen so many powerful things happen. I've been encouraged by our kids here at church so many times. Just watching them worship God this morning was encouraging to me. It was amazing to me. Some of y'all got showed up this morning because these little kids came to praise God today. They came to praise God today. And, and I think that's awesome because you are never too young for God to use you. And on the flip side of that, you're never too old for God to use you either. You're never too old for God to use you. There's, there's nothing in the Bible that says that once a Christian reaches a certain age, we just send them out to pasture and, and we'll come by and check on them every once in a while. And that's just where they go to spend out the last few days that they have before they go into glory land. That's, that's nowhere in the Bible. If you're breathing, God can use you. If you're breathing, God can use you. There's no such thing as being too young. There's no such thing as being too old. Everybody say this after me. I'm not too young. I'm not too old. I'm just the right age for God to use me today. Because that's what matters today. 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 Not 20 years ago, not yesterday, not 15 years into the future. Today is what matters, and God can use anybody. doesn't matter how old they are as long as they're willing to let God use them. Amen? Amen. That's pretty good. That's pretty good stuff to learn from a, a couple of verses like that. Everybody say, what, what? What, what? So the second thing that when I'm looking at this that I felt was really cool to bring out and talk about today was that when we give Jesus what we have, he can use it to do more than we can imagine. When we give Jesus what we have, he can use it to do more than we can imagine. That little boy gave Jesus five loaves of bread and a couple of fish to feed probably like 15 or 20,000 people. Now when you look at what he gave in proportion to the need, it was nothing. Like, that wasn't even a drop in a bucket. Like, even if you cut the, the loaves of bread in two and cut the fish in two, you still only got 10 loaves of bread, and you've only got four fish. So that's 14 people that you could feed off of that, off of a boy's lunch that he brought with him. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. But when we give what we have to God, when we give what we have to Jesus... He's able to multiply 
what we give him to meet the need that's there. Amen? He's able to multiply what we give him to meet the need that's there. You know, I don't know how many times I talk to people and they feel like the gifts and the talents that they have just aren't enough to make a dent in the need that they see in a church and in the community and the world outside the walls of the church. They just feel like what they've got and what they have to offer is insignificant. And I'm here to tell you what you have to offer the kingdom of God is not insignificant. It might be small in in the scope of the great need that's out there, and you might feel like you've only got a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish to give to meet a need, but when we give it to God, He's able to do more in and through it. You, listen to me, you guys, listen to me, you have got gifts and talents and things that only you can do and only you can use Because God gave you the gifts and the talents that you need to do what God has called you to do. Not everybody else. And I think sometimes what we do is we like to look at the gifts and the talents that other people have. And the fish and the loaves that other people have to give to Jesus. And we feel like we don't really have something special to give him. And that's not true because he's given us everything we need to do what he's called us to do. And that's all that matters is that we do our part and that we do what he's called us to do individually. Am I right? That's what we got to do to do what he's called us to do. Because there's like, how many people are in the world? Do you guys know? A lot. There's like a lot. There's like more than a billion. There's more than two billion. Infinity. Somebody said infinity. Probably not. But there's probably... Probably was seen that way. Over 6 billion, I heard tell we might be over 7 billion people in the world. Do you know that out of all the people on our planet today, all the people that have ever lived and all the people that are ever going to live, none of them are as qualified as you to do what God has called you to do. Not one of them because God has given you what you need to accomplish what he's called you to do with your life. And to let other people know about Jesus. So when we give God what we have, whether we feel like it's a lot or a little, when we give it to him, he's able to take it and do more than we could ever imagine he could do with it. That little boy probably didn't even think about Jesus feeding 15 or 20,000 people with a little bit of food that he had. He just said, Jesus, this is what I got. If you need it, I'll pitch it in the pot and see what you can do with it. And Jesus was able to take that and do something powerful. Which brings us to the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about this morning. And it's that um, our generosity makes a difference. Our generosity makes a difference. Somebody say, that's good stuff, Pastor Josh. Yeah. Our generosity makes a difference. Because if that little boy hadn't been willing to give what he had to fill a need, maybe it wouldn't have been met. Maybe Jesus wouldn't have had anything to pray over. Maybe Jesus wouldn't have been able to bless something and feed all the people because there would have been no food for him to pray over and bless. That little boy's generosity made a difference in the lives of a lot of people. You know what's cool is that when you think about it, he fed a whole lot of people, or Jesus fed a whole lot of people with his food, but that little boy, he didn't need food because he already had it. He already had his food. He was taken care of. You know, sometimes 
we can get so caught up with our needs and what we need to have happen in our lives that we forget sometimes that God has given us things, maybe if we give it over to him, to meet a need in somebody else's life. And by meeting needs in others' lives, we open up a door of blessing so that we can receive the needs that we have in our lives. Make sense? Is that too deep for Family Sunday? All right, we'll get off that and come back over here. Um, so, so his generosity was huge because he didn't have the need for food, but the need was there. So he gave out of what he had to Jesus, and Jesus used what he gave to meet a need. That's a beautiful picture right there. That's awesome. That little boy was doing some awesome stuff, you know, and, and his generosity was able to be used to impact the lives of like 15 or 20,000 people. And then all the people that say, one of the coolest stories, one of the coolest miracles that Jesus ever did, we've got because of that boy's generosity. I wonder how many lives have been touched through our generosity that we might not know about. When we give of our time and our talents and of our money to the kingdom of God, it goes out and God is able to use it to impact people's lives in ways that we might not even think about. Ways that we might not even consider. You know, we give in offerings and we give um, to benevolence funds and it gives the church the power to, go, to be able to go out and, and buy a water heater for a family that doesn't have a water heater. They're taking cold showers and cold baths and, and they, they don't have any hot water so we're able to go out and put a water heater in somebody's home. And people with talent give their time and their gifts and their talents to come in and do the plumbing work and do the wiring work. And we're able to take all of that because of generosity of gifts, times, and talents and use those things to impact a family's life in the community, which is exactly what's happening through our church right now. We're able to go out and impact the life of a family because of generosity of gifts, of time, and talent, and money. And that's the way it's supposed to work as a church. Amen? That's how it's supposed to work. Um, I always tell people that giving is a gospel issue. Giving is a gospel issue. Like when we understand what Jesus has done for us, it makes us want to be generous as people and give because God has given so much to us. How many of you think God has given you a lot and blessed you with a lot? Raise your hand if you think that. Yeah, he's given and blessed with a whole lot, a whole lot of stuff. He's given us everything that we have, and more importantly, he's given us his son, Jesus. And when we understand that, it does something in us, and it makes us want to be generous to other people. So I say it's a gospel issue. It's a gospel. It goes back to the gospel. If we understand it, we're generous. People that aren't generous, they don't understand, and they don't have that, that work of God in their life. They don't have an appreciation for the sacrifice of what Jesus has done. Because when we get a picture of that, it changes us and we become generous because we serve a generous God. Amen? Amen. I believe that's awesome and that's powerful. So this little boy gave and all those lives were changed. All those people were fed and Jesus was able to teach his disciples something really big in the process. Because they couldn't figure out a way in and of themselves to feed the crowd. He let them get stumped so that he could show them that he is the solution to every issue and every problem that they're going to face. And that they just surrender what they have and they surrender their hearts to Jesus and trust him, 
He'll take care of the need that's out there in life. Isn't that a great story? Isn't that cool? Let's give God a hand and give God praise for that this morning. I love it. I love how God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins, like the ultimate gift, the ultimate gift. The word, the word of God says that for God so loved the world, that's us. For God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. And all we have to do is believe on him and ask him into our hearts and ask him to forgive us of our sins. We can have a beautiful relationship with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? That we give because we serve a God that has given so much to us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes before we're done this morning.